Time to bring in Walter Cherapinski. He's the man behind WalterFootball.com, the most accurate draft source you're going to find anywhere on the internet. Walter, kind of a crazy weekend. And, and I'll start with this. Do you industry insiders get kind of mad or kind of upset when you have something like the Houston Texans trading up to draft twice in a row? It kind of throws the whole ebb and flow off everything. Is, is this a burden for you guys? It's always hard to predict trades. Um, we usually don't do it. Uh, I did at the, you know, like a few hours before the draft, we had one final update. I put uh, Tennessee uh, trading up for CJ Stroud. Um, I figured some team would. It made a lot of sense because we knew Arizona really wanted to trade down. So I, I thought they would take um, less than they normally would to move down. Just got the wrong team. But, um, you know, we, we had Will Anderson, CJ Stroud in some order. Uh, two, three. So it didn't cause too much chaos, but kind of like last year, uh, after the top 10, there were so many trades that kind of threw everything off. Um, so it, it is, it's, it is frustrating. You're right. I mean, you, you spend a whole year trying to predict how the draft is going to go and then a trade just, just uh, throws everything off. I, I thought it was an error on my screen. I thought NFL Network and ESPN got it wrong. When I saw <laughs> Houston's on the clock again, I was like, what? Um, so we won't talk extensively about quarterbacks, but I got to ask you, do you think that the, that the Colts you know, after taking um, Anthony Richardson, are looking around that Will Levis fell another almost 30 picks and saying, maybe we could have taken a stud here and traded to 15, 20, and gotten gotten the player we wanted anyway? I, I think uh, teams had uh, Richardson rated above Levis from, from what we've heard. So I, I don't know if they could have gotten Richardson later. Uh, he, he's just, um, his floor is a lot higher because he runs at 4-4 like Justin Fields does. So, even if he doesn't improve as a passer that much, they can still um, make an offense like Justin Fields runs in Chicago and, and be successful that way. Whereas Will Levis had a lot of holes in his game. Like he has the inaccuracy of Anthony Richardson without all the upside. He has, he has upside as a passer, but not, not as a rusher like that. Um, and so, like, I mean, Levis is someone who couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. So I, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> at that. I criticize James Franklin for that decision, but go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true, but um, still, it, that is the thing that that was brought up. But uh, so it wasn't a surprise that he fell to the second round. I actually, I had him falling to the second round. I had him going to Tampa for a while. In my final mock, I had him going, um, I think, thirty-five uh, to Houston in the second round. So uh, we we were asking around for teams uh, that like Will Levis, and we couldn't find anyone. Um, <laughs> it, it was it, it really reminded me of uh, Malik Willis last year, where. You know, you're trying to find teams that like Willis, and everyone had Willis the first round pick, and we just, we just couldn't find anyone. We're like, okay, maybe we put him here, and then we're told no. When we put him here, we told no. So um, it was kind of the same thing with uh, with Will Levis. So uh, you know, Tennessee got a good value, but. I'm kind of skeptical if he's going to work out. So, I just want to jump in here, Mike. Just ahead. a quick question about Levis. Is, um, the one thing is he goes to Tennessee, and if there's one town in besides, I guess probably the ones, you know, the pro football team that's in college football country, it's that school. And it's not like he went to Chicago where they, you know, really don't know who Will Levis is. You can sell it. It's like they don't like him. It's like he's already getting bad press and in there and he's been drafted. So it's just, it's, I think, a little added pressure. You saw him sitting in the draft room and then he gets picked to a team and they're saying, wait, we saw him play. You didn't pick Hendon Hooker. If you waited this long why didn't you you know why did you pick Levis so I think he's gonna he's you know he's already you know marching uphill already yeah it's, I mean he's, yeah he's gonna have a short lease Tennessee's not gonna have a good roster and there are gonna be two uh blue chip quarterbacks available uh in next year's draft I actually I just updated my 2024 NFL mock draft and I have Tennessee taking Drake May so he's, he's only gonna have one year it, like 
if he plays well, obviously they're not going to have a top two pick because they're going to win games. But I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm pretty skeptical if he's going to work out. Um, and I, I think the Titans might just go with another quarterback, kind of like the, the Cardinals did when they dra- drafted Josh Rosen and then they drafted Kyler Murray the next year. So speaking about you know teams having a lot of holes, uh, maybe this is selfish of me, Walter, but. I, my, my fantasy keeper league, I've got Tyler Algier and um, Kenneth Walker. And then I see, you know, Bijan Robinson goes to the Falcons early. And then, you know, in the second round, Seattle takes Charbonneau. And I'm looking at this. If you're the Falcons, you have holes everywhere on this roster. How does a running back help you? This is a luxury draft pick. So I didn't understand that. And the same thing with Seattle. I mean, they don't nearly have as many holes, but is a running back a pressing need for you guys? There's a lot of other players you could pick up in the second round that can help you win a Super Bowl now. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand um, the, the Seattle uh, running back pick. Kenneth Walker was so good last year. It's not like he was a boss. Uh, and, and in that case, you can understand it. Uh, so uh, Seattle is a team that had so many needs. Uh, so I, I, I was pretty shocked that they made that pick. Uh, the, the one, the one running back pick I liked was Detroit taking Jameer Gibbs. Uh, they, they viewed him as the Jamal Charles, uh, Alvin Kamara type runner. Uh, and some teams had him as a top five prospect in this class. Uh, the Jets were going to take him at number 15 if, uh, if he got there. So it, it wasn't a re- as much of a reach as people think. And I, I view the Lions, they call me crazy, but I, I view the Lions as a Super Bowl contender. Um, next year. So I, I think that a, a team that has Super Bowl aspirations can draft a running back in the first round, and Gibbs is going to be an explosive player for them. Ira, what do you have for Rob Walt? Everybody's giving the Eagles a lot of kudos. They're calling them the Philadelphia Bulldogs because they, <laughs> their entire defense is now going to be what seems like uh, Georgia Bulldogs. What do you think about their draft in terms of how Carter and Smith fell to them uh, in the first round? I, I, I was shocked that, uh, like everyone else, that Nolan Smith fell to them at 30. If, if they drafted Nolan Smith at 10, I don't think anyone would have batted an eye. That's actually what we had in our mock draft was Nolan Smith. Um, Charlie Campbell reported that they were planning on um, trading up for Jalen Carter if he got past Seattle at number five, which which happened. And they got they got arguably the best defensive player in the draft, maybe Will Anderson, but um, a top two defensive player at number nine. So they they just they just obtained two studs in the first round uh, to add to their defensive line, which had the most sacks uh, in the NFL last year. So they're going to be even better rushing the quarterback. And then they got Tyler Steen uh, on the second day. He's going to be a rock solid guard for them, a replacement for Isaac Solomalu, who went to the Steelers. Uh, and uh, Sidney Brown's a solid safety. And then in the fourth round, they got Kaylee Ringo, who I, I thought was a steal. I thought he would go in the second round. So. I, I graded the Eagles as an A plus. That was the only A plus they gave out. And I'm I was ecstatic with the Sealer draft. I love Broderick Jones, their left tackle. I think they desperately needed that for protection for Kenny Pickett. And then when Joey Porter fell into the second round, be able to pick him up. Uh, then even Benson, the the defensive tackle from Wisconsin, and then to get Darnell Washington. I've seen six Georgia games this year in person. He is like it's like if LeBron James decided to put a uniform on and go on the field. That's what he looks like. He's he's amazing for at tight end. So I was ecstatic with the Steelers draft. Yeah, they, they did extremely well. I, I gave him an A. Uh, Project Jones has, he has uh, a lower floor than some of the other tackles in the first round, but he has high upside too. And I think having him on the team is going to be instrumental to Kenny Pickett's development. Just having a protection on the blind side like that. Um, if he, if he develops like the Steelers thinks he will, like Kenny Pickett's going to have a great chance to succeed. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., I, I thought the Steelers were going to take him at number 17, so getting him at 32 was an absolute steal. And Darnell Washington is someone who fell because, uh, team, some teams flunked him medically. 
So that, that, that fall wasn't as much of a surprise, but if you're talking late third round for that sort of talent, uh, I don't think you can go wrong, really. I mean, there's not much of a risk at that point, and you know, if, if he lives up to his potential and stays healthy, uh, he's going to be a great weapon to get. So getting on to the quarterbacks, we talked about Will Levis in Tennessee, but I mean, there's just like one quarterback, Stetson Bennett, falling again to the Rams, not falling, but being chosen by the Rams in the fourth round. He has a 9-1 and record against the first round quarterbacks, including Levis. Uh, of course, everyone's seen Bennett play, but it seems like with Matthew Stafford's injury history, that Stetson Bennett might be the quarterback for the Rams next year. What others, I mean, we have Hayner from President's State went to the Saints, Aiden O'Connell to the Raiders, Clayton Toon, even at Arizona, like maybe had a chance because Kyler Murray won't be healthy to start the season. Which of these quarterbacks that you saw get drafted might you might see in the first couple of weeks of the season? Well, uh, I, 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 the, the first name you brought up, um, Stetson Bennett, I was um, a pretty big fan of his. Uh, obviously, I mean, everyone was on the collegiate level, but there was concern about his height. And I think that's the only issue. Um, I think people underrate his arm. His, his arm strength is actually like pretty decent. It was measured uh, at the combine, and he was up there with some of the better quarterbacks throwing the ball. Uh, obviously, he can scramble around pretty bit, uh, like pretty well, and you know he's a winner. Uh, so, I, 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 lo- I love his intangibles, his, his leadership, uh, everything about him. Just his height's a problem, but you're talking about a quarterback who's gone to play for Sean McVay, who has de- done a great job developing quarterbacks. Uh, Jared Goff was completely lost as a rookie, then McVay got there and turned him into uh, a, a quarterback who led the team to a Super Bowl. Um, and then you saw Baker Mayfield go there. Baker Mayfield looked horrible for the Panthers to start the year, and then suddenly he goes off. A, he comes off a plane, and he's playing well for the Rams to start. Uh, so, it, so I, I love the opportunity that Bennett has. And as you said, Stafford has the elbow injury, um, so we don't know if he's going to be 100. percent I imagine he's going to be ready for the regular season, but who knows? I mean, he's someone who's gotten injured a lot over the years. The Rams' offensive line's not any good, so he could go down again, and then. Uh, who knows, maybe you're looking at, at another uh, Brock Purdy situation when Bennett takes the field. Um, what you said you rate, you gave an A-plus to Eagles. I got the Steelers happy with an A. Any other A's out there? And who got your worst grades for the draft? Yeah, there, there were actually um, several A's. Uh, I, I, maybe I graded on a carver a little bit. But I, I think Arizona uh, did really well. I, I love that they moved down from 3 to 12. They, they got a first-round pick uh, in, in exchange for that. I, I I thought they would take less because they were so desperate to move down. And I, I didn't imagine that they would get a first round pick. I, no, I, I didn't know if they they go all the way to twelve, but still, they got a first round pick next year uh, from a Houston team that's not going to be very good. And next year's draft looks great, so they could have potentially two top eight picks next year, which is amazing for them. And then they moved up a little bit. They, they gave up a resource, but they didn't give up their first round pick. They moved up to six to get Parrish Johnson. Uh, it's going to be really essential for Kyler Murray just because uh, Murray uh, is so injury-prone. He hasn't played a full season yet in his career. Um, and plus, he lobbied for Paris Johnson. So I, I think having Paris Johnson there um, is is going to be essential for Murray. And they also drafted DJ Ojolari, who's a good pass rusher. Um, I, I thought the team that did the worst was Dallas. So... When when Dallas made his pick, but oh <laughs> when Dallas made his pick, I saw Smith on the screen and I said, "Oh wow, they got Nolan Smith. That's great." Uh, and, and then it turned out to be Mozzie Smith, not Nolan Smith. I'm like, "Well, I mean, they passed on the superior prospect and they drafted a 
a run stop, a run stopping defensive tackle in the first round. So like, I, I like Monty Smith, but I, I from like Michigan, he's a defensive tackle from Michigan for our listeners. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like them more in the second round. Um, not so much in the first round, especially with players like Nolan Smith and, and uh, Dalton Kincaid available. I, th- I thought that was, um, I, I thought that was a bad pick and, and they let Nolan Smith get to the, get to the Eagles, which is going to really hurt them in, in the long run. So I, I thought the Cowboys did very poorly. Um, I thought I thought the Jaguars uh, didn't do uh, very well either. Um, I, I thought that their their two second day picks uh, I thought were pretty bad. Um, drafting a tight end when they already had Evan Ingram, and then drafting a running back when they already had uh, Travis Satien. I I, I I I didn't mind the first round pick, um, but I thought they really squandered an opportunity on day two to really improve their defense, and they didn't touch their defense until the day three. Which is like if you saw the Jaguars last year, they, they were great offensively late in the year. They just couldn't stop anyone, and now they had a chance to get good defensive players, and, and they didn't. So their defense is still going to struggle. From a Miami perspective, that you know they lost their first round pick for the tampering, so they had a, a limited draft. But uh, Devon Achain from Texas A&M had running back. They seem to have a lot of running backs, and I guess and they they wouldn't draft him unless they think he was going to be maybe the best of the of the group. Yeah, I mean Devin A. Chain is is someone who's um, is going to be a great pass catcher out of the backfield. I I wasn't crazy about that pick because they already had uh, two solid running backs and Moster and Jeff Wilson Jr. But um, A. Chain is, is someone who who could potentially uh, win the job eventually. Uh, it's not like Wilson and Moster are great players by any means. They're they're both just solid. So. Um, I mean, I just didn't like that pick overall because the Dolphins had so many, they had so few limited resources. They had four picks, I believe. So I thought they had to make a bigger impact. I thought they should have drafted an offensive lineman to keep to a Tugamailoa healthy. And they're talking about offensive linemen. Everyone's been mentioning about the Jets, and I was happy when the Steelers moved up because they some you know, the thought was that they moved up, got Broderick Jones, the uh, left tackle from Georgia. They jumped over the Jets, and who's you know the Jets end up picking a linebacker, and they're like, wow, the Jets really need help on their offensive line. They didn't get one. People were waiting. Those things. Um, what, from the perspective of the Jets, I mean, did they sort of get to the Steelers? Just you know, did they? <laughs> that was awesome. I think. Yeah, the Jets really uh, were in a bind when they were on the clock because. Uh, their top four realistic prospects at at, at fifteen were um, were um, uh, uh, Peter Skaronsky, um, uh the Darnell Wright, Project uh, Jones, and Jameer Gibbs. And I don't know if they had Gibbs over Jones. I know they had Wright and Skaronsky one and two. Uh, I'm not sure about Gibbs and Jones, but they liked all four players, and all four players were taken between ten and fourteen. So you kind of have to feel bad for them. And I, I don't know if you noticed what the Jets did when they were on the clock at 15. They used all their time. I, I think they were trying desperately to call out because all four prospects they like were gone. And so they had, they had to settle on Will McDonald. And, I, I, you know, I, I like Will, Will McDonald a little bit. Uh, I had him in the second round. I thought that was a reach. Um, I think he's going to be a good pass rusher uh, in certain situations. He's just undersized. So um, there's some concern there. So it, it kind of kind of feel bad for the Jets. Uh, but I, I guess – they kind of asked for it because they moved down from 13 to 15 in the Aaron Rodgers trade. And, you know, when, the, when that trade is made, you're like, okay, 13, 15, not a big deal. But it eventually, it, it actually ended up costing them the players they like. 
That was totally 100. percent You know, it seems like from the wide receiver position, it talked about people were like, "Oh, you can't run the first year that the wide receivers, you know, don't really make an impact." And we have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Which of the wide receivers? A lot of them, like Jackson Smith Jing, but you know, they came in as maybe like a second or third wide receiver, even though they're a high draft pick. Which of the wide receiver class do you think is going to just have a breakout season and went not just the, the, the best wide receiver, but they went to the best situation? I think long-term Jackson Smith and Jigbo looks great for Seattle. Uh, the problem is this year he's going to be the third receiver uh, in Seattle. So I, I think if either Metcalf or Lockett goes down, he's going to be uh, great. Uh, same thing with Quentin Johnson. Uh, the Chargers have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Now, they have uh, an extensive injury history, both yeah, of them. Both so of them. Yes, would, yes, yes. Right, right. So you'd imagine that one of them would get hurt. And if so, Quentin Johnson could have a great year with Justin Herbert throwing him the football. Uh, Jordan Addison, I think, would slot in at, right away as the number two to replace uh, Adam Thielen. In Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Zay Flowers, who was drafted by Baltimore at, at 22. I, I think he has the best chance to make an impact right away. He doesn't have much in front of him. There's Odell Beckham, but he's coming off a torn ACL. Uh, there's Rashad Bateman, but he's just the possession receiver. Zay Flowers can be a, a Steve Smith type of player, and um, I, I think he's he, he's just so explosive. He can go the distance anytime he touches the ball. I, I know that the, the Ravens run more of a, a, run, a running um, system there, but I think that Zay Flowers just being a, a weapon who could go over the top for Lamar Jackson, I think would be huge next year. So if if there are no injuries at the other uh, positions, I would say Zay Flowers uh, is the best right now. But, uh, you know, you, like I said, you can't count on uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen staying healthy. So it might end up, it might end up being uh, Quentin Johnson. But I like, I like Jackson Smith and Jigger for the long term. And I'm intrigued. And whenever Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions, picks a wide receiver in the second round, Rasheed Rice, like what about him? Most people haven't seen SMU play. What do you think about him in terms of being at Kansas City? I was a little surprised that, uh, that they, um, they, they drafted Rasheed Rice over someone like Jalen Hyatt or Cedric Tillman. I thought they were better, uh, better prospects. Um, the Chiefs haven't had much success drafting receivers. Uh, recently, they they drafted Miko Harbin in the second round. He he didn't end up uh, being anything. Uh, then they drafted Sky Moore last year. He didn't do much in his rookie year. Uh, so I, I, Rishi Rice projects, I think, as a you know number two receiver in the NFL, like a possession receiver. So I'm not. Uh, I wasn't a big fan uh, of that pick. I, I would have loved to have seen them draft Jalen Hyatt. So um, uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan, but you can't ignore any receiver playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to Walter Chervinsky of the Walter Draft Report. Definitely get on it. And as he said, he has an update for next year and Kyle Williams. And he just made a great point about Arizona putting them, themselves in position with Houston's draft pick to perhaps get, you know, they might, you know, not, you know, get rid of Kyler Murray and bring Kyle Williams in or Dre, you know, next year if they have the, the first pick in the draft. So definitely get on Walter.com and Walter Draft Report and get that. And uh, just give me another uh, another selection, a couple other selections that you felt like, wow, this team in later rounds did a, it, it was great. I can't believe they had fell and it's They're going to be a great player for them next year. Uh, so I actually talked about this guy uh, the last time I was on the show, Jair Brown, the safety from Penn State. Um, I, so I, I had him going in the fourth round. Uh, I th- actually may have moved into the third round at the end, but I, I had him in that range. So uh, I really loved him as a prospect. He, he's so instinctive as a safety. He's in the right place at the right time, uh, and as a result, he's able to make lots of uh, lots of big plays defensively, lots of turnovers. Uh, and I, I was I was happy to see the Niners move up for him 
at the end of the third round. Uh, the Niners, they, they really have a knack for drafting uh, safeties, uh, and I, I, was, I was pretty happy to see that. So, um, Especially in that defense, when you have Nick Bosa rushing the passer, uh, he's going to be able to have a lot of opportunities for turnovers. So um, I, I thought that was uh, I, I thought that was a great pick for the Niners in the third round. Well, I just want to give the right website. It's WalterFootball.com. Definitely go on there, and it's just tremendous. And as I said, I use your site during the year because I'm watching a game. Say I'm seeing, you know, UCLA versus Oregon or something like that. And I want to, I want to, I want to see who the the players I should be watching for the pros. Just besides watching an enjoyable game. So I think that's what I what I like is your. You know, I just don't have to wait till the season's over to look report. I'm looking right now, and you list the players. I love it. It helps me. You know, it gives me more enjoyment watching the game. So thanks a lot, Walter, for coming on. Iron Sports. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I, I'm glad uh, you guys enjoyed the draft. It was uh, it was a fun weekend, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year already.